This ad-free podcast is part of your Slate Plus membership. Lucky you. Hello and welcome to this mini episode of Big Mood, Little Mood. I'm your host, Danny M. Lavery, and this show is for you, our Plus subscribers. Our guest this week is Kashana Cauley, a writer for the Great North and author of The Survivalists, a novel that will be published on January 10th, 2023. And here we are reading a letter from a listener. We should maybe maybe shepherd ourselves back in the direction of a, a question that we can at least hope to address in a single afternoon rather than like, how do we deal with the fact that life is weirdly both too short and too long and you have to eat pretty much every day the whole time, which is just luckily not up to us. <laughs> the subject of our last line is unexpectedly hiding drugs. My girlfriend is an addict who was using when we got together, got sober, relapsed, and is now sober again. Before we were together, on an early date, we used drugs together at my place, and I put the remaining amount away. I'm scatterbrained, and I forgot where I put it, but I wasn't hiding it from her. Not long after her most recent bout of sobriety, I came across the stash accidentally. Since then, I've chosen not to reveal to her that I found it, but didn't get rid of it. She now lives with me, and she's sober, but has repeatedly said that if she had easy access to this substance, she would probably use again in a difficult emotional moment. Is it wrong for me to keep this from her? Should I dispose of it and not tell her? Should I tell her that I'm getting rid of it and reveal that I've been hiding it from her for a few months now, including times that she's expressed extreme distress and a desire to use? We agree that it's okay to have some secrets in a relationship, but I still feel guilty. I just want to preface this by saying that I spent a lot of time wanting to guess what drug it was, and I don't (laughs) think that that is actually super important uh, in terms of how I answer this question. So I'm just going to let that one go. But I just want to say there was absolutely a part of me that's like, I'm going to figure out which drug it is so that I can decide whether or not I think this is an important question. I spent an absolute ton of time thinking about that too. I actually had a dream last night where this person decided to solve the issue by mixing the drugs into milk and then drinking it. So there. Wow, in milk. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Milky drugs. Yeah, okay. I get that it gives you a base on your stomach. Uh, yep. coats it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess though, first of all, congratulations on like having the kind of relationship to drugs where you sometimes forget you have some. Cause that's wow. Congratulations. That's, I, I genuinely mean that. Like you sound pretty, I know you say you feel a little scatterbrained, but like, that's actually pretty remarkable that you don't use them all up the second you get them and then know exactly how fast to use them. Oh, I know. That sounds really peaceful, just having that kind of relationship to trust. Um, So, you know, the question of, I forgot that I didn't throw away all of my drugs when my girlfriend got sober. Am I doing something wrong? Does that set off for you any alarm bells about, like, taking too much responsibility or possibly trying to, like, manage somebody else's recovery for them? Or did that seem to you like just like, that's actually just like a, quite a, sh- a question of like etiquette and politeness that anyone might worry about? Honestly, I I thought the person sort of described themselves as scatterbrained. And I honestly was just sort of like, ah, one more thing I forgot. Especially if you can forget about drugs to the point that you don't know you have them. Yeah. Like, again, like there are reasons that my mind went towards weed and one of them was being scatterbrained and the other was I forgot I had some. Because like there are some drugs... You don't forget if you have them. Um, 
I don't know how else to put it. You just don't forget. You might do a lot of things, but you will not forget how many drugs you have and where. Um, so look at me. I did the thing I said I wasn't going to do. Um, <laughs> you know, again, like letter writer, I agree you have done nothing wrong and not in that kind of bullshit way where you're like, technically I haven't done anything wrong, but I feel guilty anyway, so I should go make my confession. Um, it sounds to me like maybe what you are searching for are some general like house rules about how your girlfriend and you can live in a place together when one of you is sober and the other has like a moderate uh, relationship to drugs. So I think that's the thing to ask here. Uh, not does like... The fact that she has said on a couple of occasions, boy, if there were any of whatever drug around and I was feeling really upset, I'd probably want to use it. Like, that's a fairly, like, reasonable statement to make. I I get it. You know, you already knew she was an addict, so, like, that makes sense. Um, I, I don't really understand why you feel retroactively guilty on her saying something fairly straightforward as if you had been hiding something from her. And that's what I think raised my own alarm bells about like possible codependency. Cause that's like, that's a lot of guilt or self doubt to take on, um, from a pretty, uh, standard sounding statement. So I, I wonder if maybe this letter writer like would benefit from taking in a meeting of some kind of one of the various different kinds of support groups that sometimes exist for partners of people, uh, who are in recovery some of which are called Al-Anon, others of which are not, because some people uh, want more explicitly secular alternatives to Al-Anon, although it is also very possible to be uh, atheist and agnostic in Al-Anon. And I think I've filled that sentence with enough caveats that I can shut up. I, I too was questioning the guilt. Um, and it sounds a lot from your letter that, you know, your your girlfriend doesn't want to use and by not letting her know what where the drugs are that you're helping her in her mission of not wanting to use. And honestly, I, I don't know why you feel guilty about that. I, I totally understand the awkwardness of maybe having, you know, of letting her know that there are drugs there, but it sounds like currently you, you both agreed on how she should deal with the drug situation and things are fine on that level. So. Yeah, I, I think maybe there's just the fear now of like, well, what if she stumbles upon it and then maybe will it look like I've been keeping something from her? So now I've got this new problem. Uh, and that I can understand. So I guess I would just say like letter writer, uh, any possible choice you make about whether or not you're like, oh, I'm going to like use those drugs this weekend with another friend uh, or I'm going to keep these drugs at another friend's house. Uh, and I'm either going to share that with my partner or I'm not. All of those are fine. All of those are possible uh, reasonable, you know, non-harmful things for you to do. So that that one is is your call. Um, but it seems to me like maybe there's just this sort of question of how responsible for my partner's sobriety do I want to be and feel? And what expectations do we both think are reasonable? And so that one, I think you just have the conversation, which is like, hey, now that you're sober and we're living together, uh, it occurs to me that we should probably have some ground rules we can both agree on about what we do or don't keep in the house. And that doesn't mean, by the way, that she just says, we do X, Y, Z because of my recovery. And if you don't do them, you're harming my recovery. I mean, hopefully she wouldn't say that, but like, that is not something that you have to agree to. You, I, I think it, you might reasonably both decide it's easier for both of us if we don't keep drugs in the house. And so like, if the letter writer, I want to use drugs, I will like keep it at a friend's. That seems you know, reasonable, not uh, un uh, outrageous to me. Um, and you you can do that. But, you know, 
This is about both of you talking about what you can and can't work with. You should feel free to ask advice from other friends, a sponsor if she has one, a therapist if she has one, anyone who might be helping her with her ongoing sobriety, even if that's just like unofficially like a friend or two who is also sober. It doesn't have to be like a formal uh, involvement with a program of any kind. Um, and figure out what sounds good to you. And then you can, again, like you can bring up this information if you want. You do not have to. Um it's your house as much as it is hers, and she is fundamentally responsible for her own recovery. Um, but it would also be reasonable if you were like, oh, I'll feel better not keeping drugs in the house because otherwise I'll feel kind of like worried about where they're at. Does that seem reasonable? But yeah, you will definitely feel better if you're on the same page about whether you keep drugs in the house or not. Yeah. Yeah, but certainly like if you're like, hey, I found some stuff in the house and I've decided to get rid of it, fine. But you don't have to reveal you've been hiding it from her for a few months now. Like you're not, you know, I, I feel like hiding it from her and then it's okay to have secrets in a relationship both like gave me a slight flag because it's just like it's okay to have secrets makes it sound like you're doing something that you believe to be a moral compromise. Like, mm-hmm. well, you know, it's technically wrong, but we've decided to give each other a dispensation. But in the back of my head, I know that I'm not really allowed to. And it's like, this isn't a secret thing. This is a private thing. She has decided to get sober. She has not, it sounds like, ever requested that you do the same. She has never requested that you clear the house out. You never told her, I'm going to clear the house out of anything that might tempt you. Um, so it's, it's, it's not like, oh, by the letter of the law, you're technically clean but should feel kind of guilty. You really have not been hiding something from her that she has any expectation that you will share. So... I, I really do encourage you, letter writer, not to think of her recovery as this incredibly fragile thing that you could step on like a baby bird in a shoebox, um, but as like an active thing that she cultivates in her own life and that you can be like broadly supportive of, but is not your job. And if you need any help re- reminding yourself that it's not your job, again, encourage you to talk to other friends, talk to a therapist who's like pretty well trained and like partners with addiction issues check out Al-Anon or some of the other uh, alternatives to it. Uh, whatever you need to kind of get to a place where you can really say out loud, if I forgot I had some weed in the guest bathroom um, and then I find it, I did not secretly undermine my partner's sobriety. I did not do something wrong. Like, you should be able to say that. And that, that by the way, would be true if you found like ketamine or coke or meth or whatever you mean there might be different logistical issues and there might be different (laughs) questions of like harm management when you use but like the the principle would still be the same yeah um yeah i i feel very warmly towards this letter writer they sound very conscientious i'm not like terrified that they're gonna slide into like this cycle of codependence and like self-recrimination it seems maybe more likely that they just like haven't lived with a lot of partners before or maybe haven't lived with somebody who had gotten sober before um and so you know again just like it's gonna be really really healthy for you i think letter writer to figure out what's my relationship to alcohol and drugs uh you know, independent of hers so that I don't feel like my job is to just like always, always round up to her level that I'm also entitled to talk and think about what I want. Um, But that I can also like be broadly supportive of her and her choice without feeling like I need to run around and like childproof the world. I don't know. There's a balance to be struck between we have a shared home, so we're going to want to compromise in in the surface of her recovery. That's beautiful and makes sense. But I also don't want you letter writer to start like mentally beating yourself up in private because you're like, oh, I forgot I had some weed from last month and now I'm like a bad partner of an addict. So like, that's too much. Oh, no, I actually felt pretty 
um, happy for this letter writer. It really sounds like that they and their girlfriend have been through a lot and they've come out on the other side and that they have a good relationship and they'll be able to talk about this and set terms that work for both of them. I mean, it's no big, it's not a small thing to get through sobriety and relapsing and getting sober again. That's, that sounds like they have a good foundation. Yeah, it's it sounds really like loving, pretty supportive. Um, and that's kind of a nice place to end on given where we started, which was like group murder, question mark. <laughs> like big question mark, obviously, but also like, you know, that's how it starts. I really want to see their TV show, honestly. I want to see the TV version of them bringing peanuts to work or like doing one new thing every week to attempt to poison their boss. Why don't people think, like where, how, how is there any version of going down that road that leads to anything good? Anything good. Like, I, I mean, it's forever baffling to me when people are like, let's play with the edges of allergies. Don't play with the edges. Leave the edges alone. Like, have one rule. Err on the side of believing people when they say that they have an allergy because the worst case scenario is you only have 16 hours a day to eat peanuts. <laughs> It's not, it's not bad. Like, even if it was somebody that, like, you hate, it's like, fine, I'll eat peanuts at different, like, it's no skin off your nose. Like, you don't have to go to any real trouble. It's literally just, I don't like her. Can I use that dislike to kind of try to kill her? It's nuts, though, because people really do get defensive about it. They're just like, you're not taking my peanuts or my cold, dead hands. I'm going to, you know, snort them up my nose at work. I'm going to rub them on myself in public. It's just like what it like what would your defense be if it by the way like backfired and she did die? Would you say like, well, we thought she was making it up and everyone's be like, oh, well, if you thought she was making it up, then by all means, you know, you're why didn't you say so? That's a horse of a different color. Like Oh, I love no. picturing them going, Well, she made a sign affidavits. You know, the punishment for that is pretty much always murder. So Yeah, and just like way. she blames other teams for the mistakes hers makes, like that was just like so vague to me that it was like, that's not like, to me, that's not a smoking gun of like this chronic liar. It was just like, well, she's kind of focused on her own team as most people are like, I, to, to me to go from like, she prioritizes her team over others to like, she's a chronic liar. It was just like, (laughs) is she, she sounds annoying, but not like, Oh, I know I've got like affidavits that prove she's lied about like 37 things knowingly. And it's just like, and that's why now she's making up peanut allergies. Like, I just think that they don't like her and they want her to be lying and that's fucked up. But she also sounds like an annoying boss, but you shouldn't try to mess with someone's allergies because they're an annoying boss. You should do form a union or something. Like don't Mm -hmm. unions, not death by nuts. Feels like a good note to end on, right? Absolutely. Yes. It's on a note, certainly. Thank you for joining us on Big Mood, Little Mood with me, Danny Lavery. Our producer is Phil Circus, who also composed our theme music. Don't miss an episode of the show. Head to slate.com slash mood to sign up to subscribe or hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you're using right now. Thanks. Also, if you can, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We'd love to know what you think. If you want more Big Mood, Little Mood, you should join Slate Plus, Slate's membership program. Members get an extra episode of Big Mood, Little Mood every Friday, and you'll get to hear more advice and conversations with the guest. And as a Slate Plus member, you'll also be supporting the show. Go to slate.com forward slash mood plus to sign up. 
It's just $1 for your first month. If you'd like me to read your letter on the show, maybe you need a little advice, maybe some big advice, head to slate.com slash mood to find our big mood, little mood listener question form or find a link in the description on the platform you're using right now. Thanks for listening. 